French vanilla, Rocky Road, chocolate, peanut butter, cookie dough. If that sounds familiar to you, then you have been watching a little bit of television. You don't have to watch much television to have been hit in the face with a Geico commercial that features a 90s hip-hop group that we used to love and now we love all over again. <laughs> and that hip-hop group is Tag Team. Listen, we've got DC Glenn or uh, DC the Brain Supreme on the podcast today on the Manlyhood Mancast right after this. In a culture that scoffs at honor, you can rise up to lead and to shine. It's time to be the best man that you can be. This is the Manlyhood Mancast. Here's your host, Josh Hatcher. This podcast is really going to be something exciting. I had the opportunity to have a conversation with DC Glenn here from Tag Team. Seriously, the Tag Team. Whoop, there it is, was uh, a domination of the charts all the way through the 90s. And to have this opportunity to talk to the mastermind behind it, to talk about his journey and some of the awesome experiences that he's had, but also some of the things he's learned over the years that has helped him as he's grown as a man. Honestly, this is a fantastic conversation that you won't want to miss. Listen, if you like what we're doing here at Manlyhood, please go to the Manlyhood store. Go to manlyhood.com slash store or click on the menu at the top at manlyhood.com or look in the show notes and click the link there. And make sure you support us by grabbing a Manlyhood t-shirt or some of the books or things we offer. Um, If you want to plug in and connect with a group of men that can help you grow, level up as a man, please go to Facebook, join our private Facebook group, The Manlyhood Man Cave, and let's get right into our interview. DC, it is great to have you on the show, man. I have been looking forward to this since I got your email uh, about a week or so ago, and uh, I think this is going to be an awesome conversation, my friend. Thank you for being on. Oh, man. Thank you for having me. Awesome. So I, uh, I did a little digging, and it looks like the... (laughs) <laughs> the scoop there it is Geico commercial has almost like 2 billion impressions right now, uh, which is January. It's probably yeah, about uh, five, six or seven. Now that was like I, at the I, beginning I, of it. That's how the human oh, that's, that, that's it's probably, numbers. it's probably more. They're probably all on my television because. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and, yeah. and, I'll, and I'll tell you, it's one of those commercials, you know, like, yeah, I'm, supposed to be watching some other television show right the commercial comes on and you stop everything because it just makes you feel so stinking good was it as fun for for you guys as it was every time that we watch it was it as fun to make it was fun to make but it was fun to make because i prepare for everything it was preparation right you know most artists would have just showed up and been like what are we doing but i'm an actor so i prepared and I, you know my my thing was I want to go into this with about 10 things that I could take to the director and just kind of put the stamp on it. You know what I'm saying? Put you know, just create different nuances to make it, you know, tag team. And, um, you know, I'll never forget. It was the night before we're doing our fitting and, uh, we have our big meeting 
And I go to the producer and I'm like, hey, I got some ideas, man. He was like, DC, whatever you want to do. I was like, oh, okay. And I was like, well, I tried to get a spin and scoop fabricated, but they couldn't get it done. And I was like, don't worry about it. It'll be done tomorrow. I was like, uh-oh. And I just like, I know kids love sprinkles. We got to have a bunch of DC. We'll have a truckload of sprinkles. And then I just went down the list and got up the next day. And it was just energy and fun all day. And we shot everything I wanted to do. And all the um, other actors, Amethyst, uh, Anthony Goosby, and Nikki Carr, they were wonderful. We all in the same city. And we just rocked it all day because it was a party, you know? And that's what we're all about, party people. Now it's sprinkles. I'm telling you, they showed the other night, everybody would not let me say anything because they kept saying sprinkles. <laughs> it was it was hilarious. And, you know, this, um, you know, people don't realize that, you know, this came in the middle of a pandemic. And, you know, people think, well, I know you're getting a lot of opportunities because of the Geico commercial, but it's like, we've always had opportunities. We've always been working. We've always been doing shows. We've always been grinding. We've never given up. We've always just been chugging along. It's just that, you know, nineties groups and things, you know, you're, we were hot in the nineties, but we still get to go do shows when we do these old school shows. So half times at NBA games, half time in NFL games. So, um, you know, the pandemic when it started, you know, it's like kind of the greatest thing that ever happened to me because it forced me to stop and reevaluate things. And, you know, I've been acting for three years and been doing voiceover since 2010. And I signed with an agent uh, for voiceover. And then about six months later, they were like, you're going to be an actor too. And I just was like, oh no, I'm an actor. So Fast forward to the pandemic and everybody had to stop at the same time. And it was like, what are you going to do? And I was like, I can always do this. And I went back and got all my old lessons. You know, I record everything. And it was just gut wrenching because I realized that voiceover was so hard because of me. I was getting in my own way because of my own hubris. Cause I thought I could just whoop there it is my way through anything. Right. So it was just heartbreaking, but at the same time was inspiring because I was like, wait a minute, I know what they're talking about now. Cause I didn't know the language back then. And then I just started just going through all those lessons and all of a sudden, boom, I started booking. Right. And back then it was like, we're all in this together. COVID, right. Every, every commercial was, you know, we're all in this together. So my voice was perfect for that. And then I get a call from my LA agent, my, my, my LA agent, my LA uh, acting coach. She's a casting director. She was like, can you get to Nebraska? I got a movie for you. I was like, sure can. I got a hazmat suit. And, you know, this is an, this is like, this is like in March, April, when, you know, we all thought we were going to turn to zombies and start eating each other, right? So I go shoot my first movie. And then not only is it a movie about the first couple of weeks of Corona, but it's a movie about how to shoot a movie in a pandemic, right? And I did these, I did this just for footage so I can have footage for my reel. And then now it's, it's been winning awards and film festivals all over the world. And I'm like, wow. And next thing you know, I get another call from a producer. It's like, DC, I got this perfect part for you. This We were shooting down in Georgia. And then uh, shot some more, did some more voiceover. That, that's always consistent. And then booked the Tyler Perry uh, House of Pain episode. And then here comes Geico, right? My agent calls me. It's like, DC, you booked a Geico commercial. I was like, don't play with me. 
I haven't even auditioned for a Geico commercial. It's like, no, DC, they want tag team. I was like, oh. And I called. And uh, sure enough, on the tag team line, there was the message. DC, we want you guys to do a uh, Geico commercial. And it was just perfect synergy. I let my agent make the deal. And it is the most lucrative deal we have ever been a part of in our lives. And like I said, I just started preparing because I knew this was an opportunity. And all the hard work I've done over the years, all the, you know, just the just the grind just truly paid off because it all came together. Right. And that's what you do. You prepare. So when an opportunity comes, you have such a skill set of tools in your toolbox that nothing throws you off and you can always continue to be creative and you can take one thing, turn it into another, into another, into another, into another. And that's what has happened. And, you know, after we shoot the commercial, I'm just, everybody's like waiting around for the commercial. And I'm like, what can I do? And I'm like, well, let me get a publicist. And I try to get a publicist and they're like, well, we don't know what to do with that. <laughs> I'm like, what? It's like, well, we're all working from home and we usually do a junket in New York and blah, blah, blah. And I'm just like, man, thank you. And, you know, this is part of my education of just me being different. Um, I call them learn how to learn hustle tactics. Whenever I get stuck, when somebody tells me I can't do something, I go join an organization, association or a society. Because these organizations are filled with people who love their profession. And they've been doing it 10, 20, 30, 40 years. And they've got all the resources and people don't even realize it, right? You see them all day and you just never really realize that that is your way to get the knowledge that you want from the people who actually do it. So I joined the Public Relations Society of America. I jump on a Zoom call two days in. I'm on with this big CEO of this big PR firm. I ask a question, hey, our press release is relevant because I'm ready to drop a press release. It's like Super Bowl week, right? That Wednesday. And they're like, well, what's it for? And I was like, well, I'm kind of featured in a national Geico commercial called Scoop. There it is. I said it real slow. Scoop. There it is. And blew up the entire Zoom call. People was like, no, wait a minute. That's not him. Is that? Could it be? <laughs> kids love that commercial. My aunt loves that. My granny loves that commercial. Like, it blew up the entire Zoom call. I was like, oh, my gosh, here we go. And... You know, they're like, all right, back to DC's question. A press release is relevant. And the CEO's like, yes, because the whole last year has been COVID. Every story is about COVID. Every story has been political. And then here you guys come throwing sprinkles and dancing and smiling and spinning scoops and just bringing joy to the world. Of course, that press release is going to work. You can go here for all the journalists. You can go here for all the uh, um, television talk shows. You can go here for all the podcasts. And it has changed my life forever. And it has just opened up doors I never thought possible. And is the reason that you and I are talking right now. Yeah. And you have said so much wisdom in that conversation, just in the answer to that question that I think, you know, a lot of the guys that are listening could probably learn a lot from. One is always be hustling, right? You know, oh, like, like no matter what you're doing, like, I think a lot of people get comfortable with here's my nine to five and here's my paycheck. Mm -hmm. And even, and even then there's nothing wrong with that, but, no. but like, is that where you want to be? And even if it is, how do you make it so that it's more, how do you make it so that it's better? How do you improve? You know? And, and that's, that's, that's what I try to tell people. I'm like, look, 
even if you are at because this is what I've done over the years, even if you are at a job that might not have any growth or whatever, I always go in and I take over. I'm going to do her job, his job, their job. I'm going to learn how to do the boss's job. I might hate the job, but I'm not doing that for the company or for them. I'm doing it for me, right? Mm-hmm. Because it's education. So if I know how to do everybody else's job and somebody don't show up for work, I'm like, I got it. Or somebody don't know how to do something like, oh yeah, you do it like this. Whoop, 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 whoop. And what people don't understand is that if you're there, even if you're content, you make yourself invaluable because when adversity mm-hmm. strikes, you don't, you're not going to get if either, either you're not going to get cut or if you do get cut, your transition to the next big thing is easy because you've acquired more skills. I tell, I tell young people all the time, like do everything you could possibly do because all those things will come back to serve you later. If people call you a jack of all trades, master of none, they, like they used to do me, I don't listen to them because you become masterful of some of those trades. Because see, I don't give up. I play offense, right? And the problem is, is that a lot of people are looking for instant gratification. They think, you know, and they want to blame it on young people. See, young people just want instant gratification. Yeah. Y'all old butts want it too. Right? <laughs> Everybody wants instant gratification. Don't blame that on young folks. Everybody's like that. And what people don't understand is that you don't plant a seed, sit down and watch it, and be like, grow seed, grow. Why aren't you growing seed? The seed don't work. I quit. Right. We know a lot of people like that. And what they don't realize is that you just plant that seed and keep it moving. Right. Just plant that and keep it moving. And I've been planting seeds and hustling and grinding and learning and doing all these things. And I don't even think about it. And now I stand before you in a force of opportunity unimaginable. The sheer variety of things that I get to do as a rap artist It's just across the board. There's no place we can't go. There's no venue we can't uh, do a concert at because we're a clean rap group. You see what I'm saying? All this was planned way back in the day, right? And not because we wanted to be a clean rap group, just because lyrically, I can be more graphic without cussing because of the lyricism, right? And that's what I took pride in. And then it ended up serving me 28 years later because there's no cussing and everybody sees us as squeaky clean. But if people listen to the lyrics, <laughs> sure, really yeah. listen to the lyrics, right? <laughs> it's a different story. It's not dirty, dirty, but it's not, you know, the clean, wholesome Midwestern, you know, there it is. Everybody thinks it is. And that's fine. But I know that for me, and I try to tell everybody this, and that's why I like doing these, you know, I like talking to people because there's nothing on this earth that you can't do, right? There's nothing. Well, you see, you've been there. I was like, you don't know what I've been through. I've been through hell and back, and I've enjoyed it, right? Because I'm not looking at the glass half empty. I'm looking at the glass half full. You look at the glass half full, you see opportunities no matter what happens to you. And you just hustle. You can, you can work your way through anything. And you got to keep your emotions out of it. You know what I mean? Like I, you know, I tell people all the time, I love being wrong. 
and love admitting I'm wrong. Now inside, I'm dying. I'm like, ah, I'm wrong. Ah. I hate it, right? But what that does, does two things. It sequesters your ego and your pride. For men, you know pride is an issue. You try to win an argument, you go down a rabbit hole, you'll make up stuff just so you can win an argument. I get how many people you know like that, right? Just want to argue, just want to be right. That's that's one, but you sequester that, and then now your mind is open to everything else. You're not wasting time going down a rabbit hole of untruth to yourself. Your, your mind is open to seeing the opportunities. And then being wrong is the path to being right. And you'll never be wrong at that again. Like you got to look at it half full. You got to look at the opportunity that's in front of you. And people don't do that. And I, hey, don't, you ain't got to do it. I'll do it. I'll do it for everybody and then teach everybody. You see, I'm giving this information away freely. I can do that because this is what I do. I just hustle, man, and work hard and just give everything I've got because you give what you want first. You know what I mean? So now, you know, we just did another Geico commercial. We got our own ice cream, right? Like I was saying before, I got four movies about to come out, two TV shows about to come out. Um, we're doing uh, Thanksgiving Day parades, New Year's Eve. Just threw out the first pitch for the White Sauce. We were the Grand Na- uh, Grand Nationals, the Grand uh, Marshals for the Talladega 500. That's the second biggest race in NASCAR. And we was the Grand Marshals. All we had to do was make a video. And Twitter blew up and was like, they need to do that all the time. Because we bring energy and we bring the party. So we're just having fun. It's a little uh, taxing because I'm not 20-something no more. I'm 50-something. And my knees don't agree with it, <laughs> right? Right. My back don't agree with it, right? But I try to stay healthy as I can, and I just keep my spirits high, and I just hustle. They call me DC the Brain Supreme for a reason. And I'm always thinking outside of the box. I'm always trying to find angles. And I'm always preparing, and you know the traditional. There's always somebody telling me, DC, you can't do everything. I'm like, you know what? You're probably right. But I sure enough can be prepared for everything. It's like, you know what? That makes sense. I'm just, I just shake my head because I'm like, you don't even realize that the very thing you just disapproved of is the same thing you now approved of said differently. <laughs> because preparation is doing everything, right? I'm preparing for every idea that I have. I'm bringing to bear all the tools that I've acquired where it might be video editing, me doing my own publicity, me be, me doing my own uh, graphics or doing my own voiceover or just anything that needs to be done, I do. I'm an SEO master, right? I know digital marketing inside out. I write Wikipedia pages. I know Wikidata. I'm about to make a Wikibase. I'm, I can code. I do all these things because it makes me self-sufficient. And I make myself invaluable to anybody who comes across my path. That's why the Martin Agency and Geico love tag team because they know they picked the right one, right? They know they picked the right one from a professional standpoint. You know, I, I take, we take pride. All we do, our show, our whole show, all we need is an iPad because I've taken all of those instruments and DJ equipment and all that stuff and figured out, it took me years to figure out a way to put it all in the iPad and be just as effective if I had a 10-piece band up there, right? And now when we walk up 
people the, the the I just make people's day because they don't have to worry about us. That's professionalism. That make people call you back, right? So you got to let people see you hustle. When people see you hustle, they want to be around you. They know that you can provide for them the questions that you have to be answered. That's SEO. That's all SEO is. And people just got to get their mind right. Because, you know, how many, how many people, you know, complain all the time? How many, you know, people, you know, just give excuses? And I hear so many people say, keep the negative people away from you. I'm like, nah, man, keep them close. Because every problem, every excuse, there's five opportunities to come up with solutions. Hmm. People complain to me, man. I'm like, so what's the solution? They're like, what? No, man, I'm trying to tell you. No, just what's the solution? All right, so what do you want? What do you want? And I ask people those simple questions. They don't even know because they're so bogged down by the, their problems and their, I'm like, you're not even, you can't get out of that hole because you haven't even thought about what you want, you know? And it's amazing. It's amazing. People think they got a social media and do all the things that they, you know, digital marketing and all that. And I'm like, okay, I gotta get this. I gotta get this, uh, uh, social media. I hate social media. It's like, yeah, cause your emotions are in it. Right. See, we can't do the same thing these kids can do because we're not about to make ourselves look like buffoons like that just to get likes, right? But what they don't understand is that all SEO is is not about getting thousands and thousands of people to to look at you. You know, if you, you know, I ask people all the time, if you were looking for you, right? If you were looking for you, what would you type into Google? They can't even tell me. I was like, you haven't even got it. You don't even know where you don't even know who needs you. And what they don't understand also is that you don't need a hundred thousand. All you need is 10. So why not go find the 10 people who need what you have to offer? And that's SEO, right? <laughs> it's simple, but everybody's got their emotions in it. So it's like, I want to be like, why don't everybody like me? That don't mean you're going to have more business, but if you, if you solve a problem for somebody else and they were looking for you, you wake up every day. And if you need something, you will type it into Google. And a lot of times you will not be able to find what you, you, you looking for. And you will spend maybe 45 minutes and still not find it. But what if there was somebody who understood what you needed and was expert at it and you typed it in and they were right there. That's SEO. And all you need is 10 of those people, right? And right. You, you don't need a bunch. You just need what you can handle. And people just don't understand it. And then there's, a, you know, there's other tactics and stuff like that. You do want people looking at you, but you want the people who want to look at you, look at you. And then, you know, there's all kinds of other ways too. I mean, that's why I do these because you just never know who's looking. These podcasts have gotten me to Comic-Con. They've gotten me shows. They've gotten me food, sausages, cakes, shirts, everything because I'm gracious with my time and people appreciate it. Like it blows me away every time when people are like, I just can't believe you, 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 you emailed me. And I was like, why? Right. I know what I provide and you need what I provide, but I need what you provide. Right. Which is a platform. So I better have something worth saying 
on your platform. Now we both come up. You see what I'm saying? We yeah, both yeah. help each other. We both spread the word. We both do. I mean, and that's that's what it's about. And nobody cares about everything, anything else, right? Everything we're everything we're talking about is life. Because that's what it's all about. And the only way that you can get to where you want to be is you can never ever quit. Don't give up and play offense. And just learn how to learn, educate yourself any way you can. Join organizations. You know what I mean? Just pick up the phone and start calling people. You know what I mean? If there's a job that you want, call that job and ask them how you get. I mean, you'd be surprised that my greatest mentors didn't charge me because I called. I said, hey, man, I am struggling with this SEO. I really need your help. What's it going to cost me? It's like, it ain't going to cost you nothing. And then later on, I asked him more. I was like, how come you don't, you know, what I owe you? And he was like, nothing, man. I was like, come on, man. It's like, let me tell you something, DC. Everybody called, people call me with ulterior motives all the time. They call me trying to hustle me. They call, you just called me straight up and asked for help. Why wouldn't I help you? I said, all right, that's fair. <laughs> yeah. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. You know what I mean? And, and now, you know, those mentors are proud because they see what I've done. They, you know, 10 years ago, you type in tag team, it was all wrestling. You type in tag team today, it's all tag team. It took me years to learn how to do all that. Years. But now I can do it effectively. And I can get myself in front of anybody I want to and impose my will and create. Yeah. That's what it's all about. It's awesome. You know, I was thinking... I was thinking when I was kind of preparing for this and I was trying to remember, you know, being a kid, man, I was, you know, I was a teenager when Whoop There It Is came out and I loved it because, you know, my little brother and I could listen to it and my mom and dad could listen to it. And, mm. you know, we loved it. We loved it, man. Like you said, it was sure. Yeah. I was a little bit suggestive and mom and dad would look at each other and raise an eyebrow, you know what I mean? Yeah. But it was, but it was clean, you yeah, know, it was uh, you know, it was fun. And, um, you know, I, I have to wonder, you know, um, did you guys know when that started, you know, when all this, when all this was started, did you know the kind of influence that you were going to have? Did you know that this was going to go somewhere or did you oh, just yeah. hope? I knew cause I know. Hey man, that's what makes you do it. You know what I mean? It's more than hope. It's it's like, it's going to happen. But you know, I've been a DJ for 30 years. So the first night I played it in my club, nobody knew who it was. And 15 people came to the DJ booth. To this day, that's the biggest response on any record I've ever had. And I've been DJing for 30 years. I've played everybody's record. But that song right there was instant. And because of my hubris, I just figured every song that I was going to do was going to be like that. Because that's how you think as a young man, especially a rapper, right? Your, your ego is out of control. And I stopped playing it about four months. And one of the girls at the club I was at was like, why don't you play Whoop There It Is anymore? I was like, I'll play it for you. Played it again. Boom. Same thing happened. And a, a record representative from Columbia Records was in the house because they always used to service us, right, with uh, records and vinyl and CDs and stuff. And he was like, man, what is that? I was like, that's my new record, dog. He's like, what? Man, give me that record so I could take it to New York because he's about to go to New York. And two days later, I get a call from Columbia Records. 
Then I was like, ooh, this could work for everybody. Gave it to everybody. Now I'm talking to all the major labels, but they don't know what to do with it, right? And I almost gave up. And a lady named uh, Lisa McCall told me to call a gentleman named Al Bell. The year before, he released a record called Daisy Dukes, and it went gold. And I was like, yeah, he might be the one. So I call him. Two weeks later, he calls me back. And, you know, I'm like, look, dude, we got a hit record, man. You know, I've tested it and tested it. And everybody's going crazy. And I'm like, you got to sign us. And he's like, okay. And I was like, no, ah, no, 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 no. And I was like, you ain't even heard the record. And to this day, I'll never forget these words. He said, brother, I don't have to hear the record. I hear it in your spirit. Let's agree to agree. Get this thing moving. I gave my two weeks at Magic City, which is the club I was at. Signed a messed up record contract. And in a month and a half, we were platinum. And the rest is history. That's awesome. Yeah, I was man. a... I was a DJ too. So I worked at a skating rink and oh yeah, uh, oh, one man. of the rules I killed and, the skating rinks, boy. dude. Yeah. And this was in the middle of, um, you know, middle of nowhere, Pennsylvania. And yeah. the rule, the rule was no rap except exactly <laughs> except MC hammer and tag team and the stuff that, you know, is clean, you know, yeah. so if you were, so they would ask for it every night and I'd play it every night. Yeah, man. It was, it was because, Cause you know, they, you know, everything else, you know, I'd play, you know, and then somebody would always sneak me something and say, Hey, play this. It's clean. I promise. Nope. And we'd come the boss and like pull that off there, you know? So you guys, I, I could always get, get away with playing. Oomph, there it is every night. So. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> it was designed that way. It's awesome. Yeah. And I mean, you know, I've been through it. We've been in legal battles and stuff like that, but always, you know, we, we were in a, uh, we were in like a 20 year legal battle, but I said, all right, I might as well become a paralegal and learn this. And I basically became a paralegal, got all the discovery together, learned what motions were, learned what both sides were trying to do. And I knew I would have my day in court. And when we had our day in court, we prevailed, right? At a cost, but, you know, it was it was over and we could just continue on because, I mean, I knew that I had never green product when I'm sitting in a movie theater looking at Will Ferrell dance on the table, the womp, there it is, an elf. I'm like, this record's going to be played every year forever because this is a hit <laughs> Christmas movie. It's up to me to get our, get get us money, right? And that's what, you know, that's what I, that's when I just went to work. I was pinned my ears back. I learned everything I needed to learn. Learned how to be on my own booking agent. Learned how to be the own publicist. Learned how to do SEO. Learned how to do everything, travel agent, whatever. Learned it all. And became masterful at it. And what people don't understand when you become, you become halfway masterful at those things. They all come back to serve you in ways you can't even, you don't even see because they're a part of you now. And it's a hybrid. It's custom only to you. Right. I could tell people what I've done, but you got to get in there and you got to make it custom to you because thinking out, you can't just be running around doing what everybody else is doing. There's always a bunch of ways to do different things. And it's up to you to figure it out and be creative. And that's all I do. I'm not doing anything special. I'm probably working harder than a lot of people, but I enjoy that. And I want it to be hard because I know everybody's not going to want to do it. So you don't want to do it. I'll do it. Like what I said, Hey, can somebody do this? I got it. Without question, don't even flinch. I hey. think a lot about 
about when you, when you think about rock and roll and hip hop and you think about the industry and you think about, you know, these guys and it's all, you know, sex, drugs, rock and roll, hip hop, you know, and it all goes together, Mm -hmm. you know, and it seems like, like if you're working that hard, you don't have time for all that. (laughs) And then I'm not, Hey, let me tell you something. I had my fun. Right. But as you get older, the things you used to love, you despise because you're mature. Right. And I'm always educating myself. So I see things I'm like, wait a minute, why, why did I do that? Why did I spend my money like that? Right. I became a licensed commodities broker because I said no one will ever take advantage of my money ever again. And I passed a series three exam and then I worked for three firms while I'm DJing at night. Right. But, you know, it wasn't for me, but I did it to get a financial education. So year 2000, I'm looking at CNBC. I don't know what they're talking about year 2002, I know everything they're talking about, right? Because I educated myself. You know, I went through the whole self-help thing with Robert T. Kiyosaki and, you know, uh, Zig Ziglar and all the old books, right? And you just take a little piece from each one of them. But I've always been a hustler and always got 10 hustles in the hole. Because when you, when you know, when you're in these streets, people are going to look at, people are looking at you and they're going to copy you. And they're going to be like, I got your hustle. And I'm like, good job. Because here's the new hustle. Catch me if you can. Right? Because <laughs> you got to be prepared. It's not plan B, C, or D. This is survival. Right? This is storing nuts for the winter. I don't care what nobody say. Right? And, you know, I just, I listen to a lot of self-help people. And they say these things that other people have said. And... I say what I say because I don't been through it and you are watching it, right? You're watching me be on national TV every Sunday, every Thursday, uh, Saturday, Sunday, and Monday during football. The most lucrative time slots imaginable for the whole football season because football is the most lucrative sport. It's just, I mean, it started with the Olympics. Like they had stopped it. I mean, it's just crazy. Like we, we, this ice cream thing is just bananas and it's a good ice cream. Like we're trying to get it in all the store. Can you imagine tag team ice cream in every store in the country? Everybody wants to try it just to try it. Right. You know what I'm saying? It's not even about, you know, just a lot that they're not just, you know, you just slap, slap it on the, you do, you do, you do the deal like a merchandising deal. Like they do the stadiums, just slap your name on it, put it in the stores and keep it moving for a year. And then it's over. But, you know, I'm continuously creating and trying to figure out new things to do with uh, my favorite insurance company. And I love them and they love us. And we got great synergy and we work together and there's going to be a lot more stuff coming from us. So uh, just I just, you know, like I said, people ask me, DC, what do you want? I want it all. I do. I want it all. And, And when I say I want it all. There is no goal because I do so many things and so much creativity is happening. Like I said, I just prepare because I don't know what's going to happen. I could come. Hey, I had a big meeting with my agents and they were like, DC. So what do you want? And I was like, they asked me that question. I was like, I'm good. You guys do a great job for me. It was like, well, DC, you know, what kind of roles are you looking? It's like, you guys do great for me. And Lena, I'll never forget these words. Lena said, DC, what what is your bucket list? I was like, oh, that's a different question. <laughs> and I thought about it and I was like, you know what? 
I want to be in the Mandalorian. I want to be in anything Star Wars, live action or animation, whatever. And I'm not trying to be a star with this acting. Just give me five lines with The Rock. I'll do the rest. I want small parts in big movies. Give me a small part in a Marvel movie. I'm good, right? Because then I get to do more things. I can be a movie and call myself a movie star. I can be the voice this week on NBC. I can do that. You know what I'm saying? I can do animation. I can do, I do, I can do it all. So I like to spread it around and just do a little bit of everything, right? I'm basically a buffet, a high-end buffet. <laughs> You're an ice cream buffet, man. Exactly. <laughs> he's, he's, this has been, been curated with care, right? That's, that's how I see it, man. And that's what makes it fun, right? I don't know what's going to happen tomorrow, but I know I'm going to be ready for it, right? And if it's adversity, I know I'm going to be ready for it. I just deal with it. I stop, breathe through my nose and say, okay, what you going to do? And then solve it, you know, just solve the problem. It's all you got to do. Just solve what's the solution to the problem. And, and how I do it is, is why I tell people when I ask them what they want, I said, just think about the most fantastical, far-fetched, unimaginable solution or thing that you want. Right. And you see it. Right. And like most people think, yeah, right. You're going to be in the Mandalorian. Well, I, I might not be able to be the Mandalorian now, but if I work my way back, maybe, maybe I can get an audition for one of the, you know, one of the animated shows, but inch my way back. Well, maybe I can, I'm with the right agency to do it. So if I tell them, Okay, so what if I, if I train a little bit harder and get better at acting and do more auditions and just take more class? Okay, well, that's what you're doing now, right? And what you've done is you've created a reverse business plan with a stepladder to your goals and dreams just by knowing what you want because you work your way back to practicality. It could be a dream, but you got to work your way back and know the steps to it. Like if I did this, if I did this a little different, maybe if I did this, now all these things are embedded in your head. And it has happened to me so many times that I realized that's how I did it. My father used to be, because he called me Lavelle. Oh, Lavelle, you just pieing in the sky. I was like, you're damn right. But it used to hurt my feelings, right? But I didn't, I didn't, you know, Cause you know, they come from a generation where you work hard. You, he told me that the formula work hard. You spend less than you earn, pay yourself, put the rest away. I'm like, I ain't doing all that. <laughs> I'm balling. Right. That's why I say, said I was young man. I'm balling dad. But he was right. You know what I'm saying? But he would always be like, you know, you pine in the sky, but boom, boom, boom. And like you said, Matt, those, all those things that I always wanted to do, right? And here's what the pandemic did for me. Because it just ties all in. I realized, and I said to myself, that I am not going to leave this earth regretting something I wish I had done. So that's why I got tutors for everything. I got tutors for music theory. I'm about to, I'm producing records again. I'm doing everything that I didn't do 
to the fullest of everything. And then, you know, in life, we beat ourselves up for missed opportunities and mistakes, right? You could just be driving down and you think about something, just, just a missed opportunity you had and you just scream. And I, I, I used to do that. And what I, you know, I, in 95, I was in the bowels of Disney's recording studio and I taught Mickey Mouse and Minnie Mouse how to rap. The husband and wife team of Mickey Mouse and, and uh, Minnie Mouse. And basically that's when my voiceover career started because they told me about voiceover and we had a good time and we had fun, but I'm, there it is. Okay. Holla at my agent. And I beat myself up for years because I was there, right? I was there if I'd have been thinking right. 96, I'm in the office of president of New Line Center because he went to college with my uh, manager. It's like, yeah, we're working on this big movie. Uh, LL Cool J and Wesley Snipes are the leads. They're fighting for the lead. And um, it's a vampire movie. You might want to cast you for it. And I'm like, yeah, yeah, just talk to my agent. And I ain't realize it was Blade. I was there. I was there. But my auntie Judy tells me this all the time. She told me this and I, I was like, it just made everything better. She said, sometimes in life, we just not ready. And I said, you're right. And it's okay. Right? Like sometimes we just not ready. You don't can't take an hour, can't pull it out in 15 minutes and be pissed off. It's not ready. And look at me now. I'm an actor. I'm a voice artist, platinum rapper, everything I've ever wanted, every goal I've ever set for myself, I have achieved. And I want more, right? Not because I want more and I'm greedy. I want more because I love the challenge of just putting in good work and creating and making something that people can love and it lasts forever. Whoop, there it is, ain't going nowhere. And this Geico commercial is going to be remembered long after I'm gone. And I couldn't have asked for a more blessed life. That's why my mission is to give back and talk to people about all the things I wish someone had talked to me about as a young man. And if I could change one person's trajectory or change one person's way of thinking to where they can flourish in life, then I've, I've accomplished my mission. And it's that simple, right? Because you just think about how many times it's just been that one little thing that you didn't know or that you was, there was something you were trying to figure out and it took you three days and you found out and you just pissed off because it was so simple. But that's what it is. Like acting was hard. And they would, they would tell me things and I'd be like, well, how do you do that? And it might, they might tell me the same thing 14 times, but somebody tells it to me different on the 15th time. And now I'm in there. Now I understand. That's why you got to learn how to learn. It ain't enough to just learn. You got to learn how to learn. You know, example, if I get a long email, which I got not too long ago, I'm just like, why they send me this, this novel, right? I'm like, I'm not about to read that. I'm trying to read it. And I'm daydreaming by the second, second, <laughs> the second sentence. But if I throw it in the AI and it reads to me, now I'm listening. I'm still checking other emails and all of a sudden it catches my ear. Oh, 
That's what they're talking about. Wait a minute. Now I'm reading with the AI reading to me. Now I get double the retainment of the information. Learn how to learn. There's so many ways to make your life easier. Like today, I mean, I, I just try to tell everybody. It's like, you know, a lot of people try to use outsourcing or people to do stuff for them. But what they don't realize is that you got to know it first and you got to teach them. So even if they get it wrong the first two, three, four times, teach them. Now you got them forever. That's something you ain't got to worry about no more. That's why I love to learn everything, because even if I found every time I try to find somebody to do something for me, they don't do it right. And if I do find somebody to do it for me because I know how to do it and they leave, I can jump in. Or if they mess it up, I can jump in and handle it. Right. So that's part of it all. And like I said, my, you know, if there's anything you get from this conversation, join the organization, whatever you want to be, whatever you want to do, join, or you don't even got to join the organization. Just go to the website and start calling people and, and, and just say, Hey, why should I pay this money to join your organization? And just ask every question you got about that thing that you want to do. And they're going to be glad to tell you. And what they're not going to realize is while they are pitching you, they're teaching you. Learn how to learn. I'll go all day, dude. <laughs> <laughs> it's excellent. Excellent information, day, my man. friend. Yeah, yeah, I yeah. love it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you kind of talked about this a little bit. You talked about, you know, speaking into the life of the people that, you know, the things that you wanted people to tell you when you were a young man. Mm -hmm. And I like to ask this question of all my guests, actually. So let's say, you know, young, what was it your dad called you? Call me a pie in the sky. Oh, Lavelle. Lavelle. So young Lavelle, you know, six or seven years old, walks in the room and you've got the opportunity to speak into his life. What are you going to tell him? My father? No, you. Oh, six, me? seven years old. Yeah. Uh, keep doing what you're doing. Because um, let me tell you something. I would all to my parents. Because I have been stemming collard greens and shucking peas since I was five years old. My parents made me and my brother work like a dog. I wouldn't change nothing. Because we had, I, man, my, I had to wash clothes. I had to wash windows. I had to wash my father's car. I had to cut the grass, rake the leaves, clean the gutters, clean the sidewalks. Uh, cut the hedges. We had to do everything. And I became a hustler at nine years old because we had a blizzard of 80. It was the blizzard of 83, two feet of snow. We the only family got a snowblower. We just kids playing in snow. We do ours. I see Mr. Grant struggling. We do his. We do the whole block. That next week, we coming back from school. Everybody's calling us over. Hey, boy, come here. It's $25. I appreciate you doing my, doing my walkway. I was like, what? And the hustler was born. I wouldn't change nothing because I've been working since I was five years old. I was uh, I had a paper route. I worked at Dolly Madison Ice Cream when I was like 13 and 14. I worked at the AV department at the university where we was I pushed around the TVs and the projectors to rooms where, you know, when they had classes. Hold on. And then I started shifting. Did you say you worked at you worked at an ice cream place? I worked at Dolly Madison Ice Cream. That's why wow. I know ice cream. So and this goes deep. This goes deep. It Scoop, goes even deeper than that because <laughs> when they asked, when they were like, because the first, it was supposed to be soup, there it is. And I'm like, okay, here we go. Let me prepare. Let me go find uh, the Seinfeld episode of Soup Nazi, get some <laughs> ideas, right? 
They was like, nah, this, we're going to do, uh, we're going to do scoop. There it is. Ice cream. And I was like, oh, and it was, it was just beautiful to me because my father used to make us ice cream and he would get the eggs and the sugar and the vanilla and um, mix it all up. And we get the cylinder, put it in the ice with the rock salt. And he poured it in, be like, get busy. And then we turned a little bit. And my brother turned a little bit. And 20 minutes later, two kids is eating ice cream. Happy as heck. And that's the essence I wanted to bring to the Geico commercial. And I think I accomplished that. Because, man, all I see is kids just loving it. And saying sprinkles, awesome. having fun. <laughs> and then working at Dolly Madison, I just understood ice cream. That was one of the original ice cream parlors in Denver, Colorado. So it was history behind it, too. Right? So I learned how to make the sausage early. And that's why... I'm about to have a line of ice creams because of this Geico commercial, because now I'm, I went back to the beginning. I'm like, I know what ice creams taste good. I know what people like in ice cream. I know how people like to eat their ice cream. Right. And hey, man, all the things your life is full of data that comes back to serve you if you don't quit. Everything I've ever done because I hustled at it and was good at it. I showed up on time, went to work, worked at the ice cream, did my paper route, did the AV stuff, did my cooking, did my chefing, did my DJ, learned how to DJ, learned how to sing, learned how to rap. All those things have served me so well because I can still do all of them today. And that is what life is about, man. You don't have to just you can't leave the earth just wishing that's you can't have regret like that. Right. You just can't because you can control that, especially now. That's the greatest time in history to learn technology. Now, if you're ignorant and dumb, it's kind of hard because you believe and fall for anything. But I don't I believe in data. Right. And that's why, you know, because I'm I'm a Google dude. I, I, I look at, you know, I look at. Data historical data, scientific data, right? It don't lie. Numbers don't lie, right? That's what I believe in. That's what I look at. And it don't fail me, right? Now, things can be wrong, but they're just wrong. Things might not work. It just don't work. That don't mean you quit or that don't mean you just change how you think about things. That didn't work. Let's go to the next thing. Keep it moving. You play offense. If LeBron shoots 30 shots, then Misses them all. He's going to shoot 60 more. If he misses all them, he's going to keep shooting. Then he's going to make one, two, three. Then he's going to win six championships. Right? Tom Brady. How does that happen? How does that happen? He didn't quit. Found another way. Took care of his body. Kept him moving. Because you get smarter. You get more mature. You understand the game, you understand your craft, but then you learn in all the other things that help you to elevate your craft, right? So I'm learning all these other things to elevate my craft. I'm a better artist now than I've ever been in my life, but I'm not going to put out no records, right? You know, I mean, if I did, I'd do like a Christmas song, but I ain't going to put it out like, hey, everybody look at my record, like my song, like my song. And people are going to be like, you know what? DC was doing good with that Geico commercial. He need to sit his old ass down. <laughs> As opposed to, you know, I license it or sync it somewhere, get it in a Christmas movie that I'm auditioning for a year earlier. 
Now people are hearing this Christmas song that's new. They don't know who did it. Who did that Christmas song? It's DC from Tag Team. Man, he's still making money. Which result do you like better? Right? There are perceptions out there, but if you just think outside the box, you can create any narrative or you can slide in on a narrative that serves you in a positive way. So I do, man. But you know what, man? I want to thank you for having me, man, because you just let me come on here and just run my mouth. And I just appreciate it, man, because I <laughs> I learned more from talking. I don't came up with two, three more hustles just from talking and running my mouth. You know, and that's why I do these, man. I love this. And I hope your, you know, your members or your, your listeners got something out of it. And, you know, I'll be back. Give me, give me six months and all the stuff I talked about. You're going to be, we're going to have a whole nother hour to talk about. <laughs> I now, actually, if you're up for that, I'll call you again, man. Yeah, I yeah, yeah, yeah. Cause I got a two o'clock meeting and I can't miss this. So I got a two o'clock meeting from a guy in Germany. He's going to teach me how to do a wiki base because I had to, I had to put out an SOS. I need help. And he was like, I got you. And now he's in Germany and I'm here and he's about to take care of me. You see what I'm awesome. saying, man? I do. Everybody knows how to do something that can help you. You just have to find them. And if you know there's people out there that know that need your services, then you have to learn how to put yourself in front of them without looking thirsty or being help me and look at me and all that. You just show up and they're like, wait a minute, he's there. It's almost like you get in a car accident and you break your leg. You're like, oh my God, call 911. Wait a minute, they're going to ambulance right there. <laughs> That's SEO. <laughs> that's how that's how it works. Hey man, salute. I appreciate you. And before I go, sprinkles. <laughs> Had to do it, dude. Had to do it. Awesome. Thank you very much, DC. I appreciate you it. Thank it. you. This interview was one of the highlights of season five, honestly. I'm so excited to have this opportunity to interview DC Glenn, and I hope that some awesome and more exciting things happen for Tag Team. I hope we get to have him on the show again. So please, you know, let's show Tag Team some love, and uh, maybe let's check out their ice cream line when it comes out. I love you guys, I care about you, and I'll see you next time. If you want to be a better man, check out our website, manlyhood.com, for blogs, videos, and more from our Manlyhood team. Men, you can also join our private Facebook group, Manlyhood Man Cave, where you can meet up with a band of brothers who will challenge you and help you on your journey of manhood. This episode is produced by Hatcher Media for Manlyhood.com. Be sure to subscribe and leave us a review on iTunes, YouTube, or wherever you're listening to the show. Tune in again for more of the Manlyhood Mancast.